Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We're, we're reading on in Furies of Calderon. We are up to chapter 34. That's where we have stopped. Let's do, uh, let's do a little warm-up. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm going to start us off. Okay. My, hopefully mine's quick. I have a little rant. Sure, sure. Yeah, hit us with it, Luke. So I live not like downtown, but kind of in the middle of a city. And like off to the side, not super close to me, a little bit on the outskirts, there's train tracks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, that's not that close to me. It's fine. Um, But I'm sure that there's a reason for this. I don't want to hear it, though. I just want to rant about it. What are we doing with train horns? (laughs) Why are you guys honking all the time? I can't. They're like, they're over here loudly blaring their horn. Like, it's like horn for 10 seconds, stop. Horn for 10 seconds. And it's like, who are you honking for? (laughs) You know what I mean? I love how you're complaining about this and you're not even that close to the tracks, right? No, I can hear it. It really doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> no, no, but my point is that, like, you're not even that close to the tracks. There are people who probably live much closer. <laughs> who it'll be, like, 8 p.m. rolls around, they're getting ready for dinner, and their walls start shaking because the train's coming through. It's not even that the train is just inherently loud. They blare their siren... And it's like, I freaking know, man. I know that you're coming. You're a train. They put down the little barrier. You don't have to, like, suddenly warn me. Yeah, but if there's, like, a lady tied to the train tracks or something, then they'll be able to warn them. That's true. About it. Also, Also, kids on bikes riding alongside the train will sometimes, like, do the thing where they pull pull (laughs) their hand down. And mm-hmm. if you're a train conductor, you have to do it. You you do it as a requirement. Right. I think that's why they keep the, the train horns, honestly. Probably. Because at this point, as the, at this point, all trains should be run by a computer in a central location anyway. Like, if we could do self-driving cars, trains there are, are like tracks. way easier. <laughs> yeah, trains Let's just go. <laughs> trains, it's like, go or don't go, guys. This is not hard. I think we could do it. I think we could get a computer to do this. I, I think so, too. Luke, we're going to do a double a double warm-up today. A, d- a double warm-up. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't skip. No one skip. I have a question for you, Luke. That question is, when did we give up on the word salad? What do you... I don't understand your question. Okay. Luke, when I say a salad, you think of something with some leafy greens in it. You think of maybe there's some raspberries, some sliced almonds, a little bit of dressing. That's nice. Mm-hmm. What about that is related to an egg salad? Ooh. What about that is related to fruit salad? What about that? I actually. When did we okay, give okay. up on the word salad, Luke? <laughs> okay, hang on though. Hang on though. And this is something that I don't actually know. What does the word salad mean like i have a like i feel like we culturally think of it as as the leafy green option yeah but is the definition no like oh it's well but then okay so you're saying in what world luke 
did somebody <laughs> did somebody have like an egg salad sandwich? And they were like, mm, this is really good. Hey, what is that combination of leafy greens that you have over there? And that person was like, oh, this? I think I'm going to call it a salad. And the person who had the egg salad was like, ah, what are you talking about? It's definitely the <laughs> other way around. It's definitely somebody made, somebody mixed mayonnaise and hard-boiled eggs together and were like, ooh, I need to call this something that will not make people judge me for eating it. I think I'm going to put salad at the end. Okay. I I looked up salad definition. Oh, all right. Because yeah. I wasn't sure if it was just like a mixture of something. <laughs> but this says a cold dish of various mixtures of raw or cooked vegetables. So it does seem like you need vegetables. So, um... Although, I don't know. I could see it just being a mixture of food, which at that point, at that everything's point. a salad. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I wake up in the morning. I'm going to get my cinnamon toast crunch salad for breakfast with my milk dressing. What? Like, it's just anything. When did we give up on the no, word salad? No, because you, you have to mix cereals if you want your cereal to be a salad. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So if I get some... If I get some Reese's Puffs in the mix, then it's a salad. <laughs> yeah, it's a very unhealthy salad. But we just gave up. We just gave up. Somebody somebody at a potluck once was like, hey, I'm going to bring uh, a salad to share with everyone. And the host was like, okay, cool, cool. Uh, Jeremy was already going to bring a salad. But if you're going to bring one too, that's, I guess that's fine. And then this guy shows up with potatoes and mayonnaise. And he's like, I brought my salad. And (laughs) Jeremy's over here with like spinach. And he's like, what? You get to call that a set? Come on, man. I actually, okay, here's my, here's my updated theory. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm sorry that this is running long, but... I think that this goes back and is related to an old rant that we did about us complaining about people not being descriptive enough when they talk about hummus. <laughs> and You're taking us that, back to the hummus rant. <laughs> and that's that with salad, people were not being descriptive enough with the word salad, mm. right? Because people would be like, I'm going to bring a salad. Mm-hmm. And then someone would be like, I don't know if I'm going to like that because like that could be anything. Or not that that could be anything, but that could be like spinach. Or it could be, or it could be like iceberg lettuce. Mm, okay. Or it, it could, you could have different dressings. Oh, guess what? I don't like Thousand Island dressing. Uh, you should have told me that it was this type of salad. Okay. So in response to that, as a protest, <laughs> we have decided to just like create chaos to make people be more descriptive with their salads and i'm for it but they're not luke this is this is insane because they're not like if i say i'm gonna bring a salad if it has like leafy greens in it i'm not gonna specify i i just say yeah i'm gonna bring a salad and then i figure out whatever i have left in my fridge like two hours before going to this thing and throw it together and that's my salad if I'm gonna okay, bring an okay. egg salad, I think I do get a little more descriptive there, or I get murdered when I show up to the party and everyone's like, "That's not a salad." Okay, true. But counterpoint: 
if you are if you are bringing a salad to a party and it's not a good enough salad to earn its own descriptor, then shame on you. Okay. All right. I disagree with Luke here. I'm, if you want if to br- you're like, I'm just going to bring a generic salad, get out of here. I'm fine with you that. Might as well br- you might as well be bringing paper plates. No. No, You're Luke. the paper plates person now. <laughs> no, Luke, because you're competing with the people who brought jalapeno poppers and tater tots and chicken wings. And you're like... I'm going to bring a salad and the one person there who's like, please, I just want something that isn't going to make me feel like heavy inside. <laughs> yeah, but you have to have your own salad recipe. You yeah. got to be like, I'm going to bring my my famous, uh, I don't know. This is Whatever absurd. salad with sliced almonds in my homemade lemon vinaigrette. You don't. Everybody listening to me, hear my voice right now. You don't have to do that. It's fine to just bring a salad that you got out of a bag from the Kroger. I'm totally fine with that. I love it's you not. for bringing that. I think I think we need that person at the party. I love that person. Ugh. But we lost the plot of salad a long time ago. We lost it completely. <laughs> it's gone now. The okay, word doesn't was, mean uh, anything. That's that's fair. This was uh this was long. But I'm I'm glad we did it. Well, welcome back, people that skipped. Shame on you. But okay, okay. Furies of Calderon. Let's do it up to chapter thirty-four. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, tons of little hints that your theory about Tavi. How are we pronouncing it? Oh, I go Tavi. Tavi. Your theory about Tavi, I think, might have been spot on. Luke, can I can I say something about this theory since we're already here? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's I don't think it's Tavi. <laughs> Do you want to know who I think it is, Luke? You think it's Fade? It's got to be Fade. <laughs> it's got to be Fade. Fade is hiding in plain sight. I will say, I will say that I have a note. That Fade is hiding something. Everybody knows Fade's hiding something. That's not even a pre- something. that's not even a theory. That's not a prediction. No. It's obvious. There's something going on with Fade, and I think he is the grandson of the current first emperor, of the current first lord. That's who Fade is, and Fade's hiding in plain sight, pretending to be an idiot. Okay. And, uh, okay. I first off, I love this. I will say I think that Fade is much too old for this to work out um, uh, because because the this event happened like 15 years ago. Yeah. I don't think that Fade is 15 years old. Well, maybe Fade was created before the event and they brought him along. And then was created. I I'm amending this. Okay. Yeah. I I really I really wish that we could get to a point where Tavi actually was really uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's the case. I think that Tavi is like what we said last time, somehow important. Mm-hmm. And I think that Fade is someone that stayed behind as his guardian angel. Yeah, I get that, Luke. Sure. I think that's a possibility. 
And I think that's what most people would assume. Like maybe Fade is a cursor who's been assigned to protect Tavi. Hmm, maybe. But if Tavi comes from a line of very powerful fury crafters, how come Tavi can't do any fury crafting at this point? Fade? We have no idea what Fade's capabilities are right now. Fade could be... Fade could be responsible for all the cool stuff that's happened so far. You know? Fade... Maybe Fade is... Uh, the one who's been causing the storms to be crazy, and it just gets attributed to this current First Lord. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> I'm saying Fade okay. is an unknown... Fade is an unknown entity right now i okay i agree that fade is is very much an unknown entity Mm -hmm. and i i do think that he he showed himself a little bit here in this section he was too he was too good at talking in certain parts to uh that's probably not the right phrasing but he was too articulate he was too articulate in certain parts and it's suspicious Mm. um Luke, do you want to know? Do you want to know the reason why I'm pretty sure it is fade, and I think you're wrong? I would love to. All right, Luke. Here is the theory: Fade is the rightful heir to the throne. However, the current first lord won't let him take power. Fade is responsible for organizing this coup to overthrow the first lord, so that they can take their rightful place. This Luke, is so wild. Here's why I know it. Tavi is about to we're skipping ahead. We'll come back to this. But I need to I need to button up this theory right here right now. The things we know about Fade. He's clearly hiding something. He wants to be involved in what's going on in this like crazy rebellious event that's happening. He forces his way to follow Amara and Tavi when they leave. And I think we can kind of assume Fade knows the importance of these two people. He knows Amara's important. He kind of can tell what's going on around the, the stead holt. And he wants to be involved. He's also hiding something. That's important to keep in mind. And he's trying to get Tavi killed. Ooh. <clears throat> now, the reason I know this Tavi is getting dropped into this scary wax forest where it's known that if you break through the fungus, it alerts all of these keepers of the forest and they'll come kill you. And if that happens and Tavi breaks through this and causes the keepers to come and kill him, then the Marats will be unified and sweep through the realm and destroy the kingdom. Okay. So it's pretty bad. We don't want Tavi to die. So you would think we would be doing everything possible to keep him from dying in this forest if you didn't want the Marats to sweep through the kingdom. But what does Fade do right before Tavi goes down into the wax forest? 
He gives him a big heavy bag and is like, here, this will help you out down there. Take this extra weight. I know, I listen, I know they already told us that it's only for like little people to go in and do this thing. And that's the only way that you can even survive is if you're, if you're light enough. But I brought this extra cheese and biscuits and I think it's going to help you down there. And what happens? As soon as Tavi hits the floor, it breaks because he's too heavy. Clearly, Fade knows what's going on in the wax forest. He seems to have some inside information. And he's setting Tavi up for failure down there. Okay. Come on, Luke. Explain to me, explain to me why he's weighing him down then. Why is he weighing him down? I, I did think that was weird. Mm. Um, especially since we're not like selecting different things, right? He, like, he gives him the if, whole if bag. Every, every pound counts, right? Go in there and take out the cheese and biscuits. Right, right. But he doesn't. Here, take this, take this knife thing that probably isn't going to be that useful down there, but I want you to have it. Okay. I do. I like, I like where you have taken us. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the effort and uh, the limb that you have gone out on. Mm-hmm. You got to. Very the bravery very very brave of you got you the coward stance is to go with the way the path that jim butcher is leading us on that fade is the protector of tavi and tavi is the chosen one who's the grandson of the first emperor that's the coward's way out of this i'm looking for that deep path that interesting mm-hmm. path where are the furies mm-hmm. taking us let's follow them <laughs> yeah Fades the mastermind. Yeah. Okay, there we go. The double cross is mm-hmm. all from is all from from fade. I I will say now that since you mentioned following the uh, the furies, one thing that I really like uh, is the little home field advantage you get when you're very familiar with your area's furies. I think that's a neat little a neat little twist. I'm curious though how exactly it works. Like, mm. are we going around introducing ourselves to all the Furies and being like, hey, Jeff, how's your leg? Uh, I know you heard it last last winter. Jeff being, I'm off the rails. Jeff being the Fury. Okay. Uh- <laughs> right. Or like you're down, you're doing your laundry. And then one of the people that lives in your apartment complex comes down as you're taking your sweat sweaters out of the dryer and you, you have a little chit chat while they're down there. Oh, I see you're doing whites today. Well, that's fun. And then, you know, you build a little rapport, you build a little rapport and maybe you have a potluck once a year. Right. Right. Is that, is that how we're doing it with the furies or is it more just like I've been around this land for a while and they're used to my scent? Right, right. Or like, do you see that knobbly bit on that tree over there? That is not a handhold. Do not grab that. I've been around the block a few times. That's a fury. (laughs) 
and they will make you very I, uncomfortable if you touch that. Yeah. I I hope I hope that it requires more work than just like being familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to see I'd like to see Bernard getting getting rewarded for going around putting in, putting in the work to get to know his furies. Right. Right. Because that would mean, you know, you home court advantage is different for different people, right? Mm-hmm. Like some places you don't get it quite as good as others. And that's because you didn't put in the effort with the Furies. Right. Right. Like Cord's over here abusing slaves all a, day. <laughs> Cord has a home court disadvantage. Yeah. And his Furies are like, whoa, dude, you can't do that. Cord's <laughs> over here using his leaf blower at two in the morning because it's just when he thought to do it. And all of his neighbors are like, dude, stop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what's going on. Yeah, Cord is Cord is starting his motorcycle at six a.m. and it's a nightmare. But he's got to get to he's got to get to work on time, Luke. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the idea of getting a little advantage when you're in your when you're in your own neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, it's very good, and I think it balances out our our sides a little bit because it sounds like Fidelius and the sword guy and Odiana are like top tier. And so for a long time, I was like, okay, a lot of people are going to die pretty quickly with these buddies. But it, it seems like with the home court advantage now, it's, it's much more even. And so it's a much more interesting fight, which I'm into. Mm-hmm. But Luke, I feel like in this world that these people live in, where literally everybody has control of at least one fury, there sh- there need to be some kind of like medallions or something that people are wearing. I feel like at this point in the world, people would have like made it a social norm that if you can firecraft, you wear red a lot. Or if you can firecraft, maybe you have a special hat that you wear. Because knowing what other people's furies are seems so important to like just know how to interact with them that's not mm-hmm. dangerous for both parties. Yeah, especially since so many of them involve like emotional manipulation. <laughs> right, like, a, <laughs> like apparently... Bernard can just make you super horny all of a sudden. And it's like, I want to know if that's your deal, guy. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to just be like at a bar with you and you buy me a drink and me not know if you have like horny pheromones or if you're just really hot. Right, right. It's important. Like, okay, <laughs> that's one example. I think... They're all important, but the one that I'm thinking of is if you're a water a water guy, I want to know that you can, like, know what I'm feeling. That's important to me. I also feel like it would be a courtesy, like, it would be mutually beneficial is what it feels mm-hmm. like because water crafters are also significantly affected by the emotions of people around them. And so if I'm a water crafter and I'm just chilling... I want everyone around me to know 
that like, hey, uh, I can tell if you guys are all like freaking out and it really bugs me. <laughs> so look, see, I'm a water crafter and just chill a little bit maybe. This is this is kind of an aside and I just thought of it, but it would suck so bad to be like a really unpopular water crafter. Right? Cuz like there are there are people that are just like unpleasant to be around, right? But at least you're saying they have the they have the joy of not knowing that. They right, have the right. ignorance but is if bliss. You're, if you're an un, a person that's unpleasant to be around and a water bender, whatever we're calling it, crafter, that's tough because now I just like know that everyone hates me. Either that or you just assume that everyone everywhere is just disappointed all the time that like a common state of being for everyone is disappointment and so you're just walking around with a really pessimistic view of people or you're the cheeriest person in the room and that's why everyone hates you (laughs) is you're just constantly trying to cheer everybody up and they're like this is not working that's true that joke was like pretty racist that you told (laughs) wow that's I mean, no, that's tough because then it's like, you know, chicken or the egg. Right, right. It's extremely tough. God, this is such a tangent. Okay, the last thing I want to say about water crafters, though, they could never go to a sports game, right? Ooh, you would be so overwhelmed. It would be too much. You'd have people that are just like threatening to murder the ref and you're like, whoa, that guy's serious over there. Like most of us, I think, are joking, but that guy is serious. That guy wants to murder that ref. Stop him. It's too much. It is. It is too much. You got you to gotta watch the game at home. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess that's the way to do it. And they actually, they do kind of have a way of doing this already. You know, they've got their, their water TV that they've set up Mm, that's true they can get air maybe it's just a radio but still you get a good announcer on there yeah that's a nice pleasant way to watch to to interact with sports yeah okay (laughs) we need to we need to get out of here luke okay i don't want to spend a ton of time on the cord holders oh um because it was it was uh bad (laughs) the worst we'll say very bad um very problematic i'll say that this book should loki come with a trigger warning label attached um for people because it was terrible one thing a little bit before that i'll say is batan or whatever we're calling him Mm -hmm. huge scrub oh yeah the biggest scrub he gets like dominated by tabby who doesn't even have a, a fury and then like dies. <laughs> Come on, Batan, get it together. <laughs> how are you the favorite son? Yeah. How is Cord like, I'm somebody who, who really only values power and strength among all other things. Meanwhile, Batan's over here getting dominated left and right by everybody. Like Isani dominates him when he talks back a little bit. Uh, Tavi kind of dominates him just like out of the blue and then he gets his throat <laughs> cut for like no provocation just immediately dead what 
obviously I'm not rooting for Cord here. I just like, why? Cord, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> they all, they all do. <laughs> they all do to a, to it's... a large extent. Are they the worst characters in this book, Luke? Is there a, is there a debate about that? <laughs> well, I mean, there's also like the Aquitanius guy who seems we don't we don't really have a lot of details about his badness, I guess. Okay. Uh, and it sounds like like Fidelius isn't great. I'll I'll. I think it's gonna be tough to beat Cord. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be very I, tough to beat. You Cord. gotta, sh- you gotta really show me, show me something bad if you wanna, if you wanna beat Cord. And I don't want you to. Yeah, no, okay? no I we... don't want to hear it. Um, okay, fair enough. I yeah, will... Cord is definitely the worst. Yeah, I will say, a little over the top. <laughs> like, I, I already thought that Cord was bad. You don't have to do an extended horrifying scene to be like. Oh yeah, he's really bad. I'm already rooting against him. <laughs> this honestly, when we learn this about Cord, obviously it's all on Cord, but I'm kind of disappointed in Bernard with this. Because like this guy lives on your block. This guy lives like right down the street and he's kind of your responsibility in a way. And you can go out and find, like, a bunch of sheep that went missing, but you don't know the crazy shit that's happening in his house, like, every day. The crazy, terrible shit that's happening in his house every day. And Bernard is just like, yeah, he's, you know, not the greatest, and uh, potentially raped this girl, but, you know, we've got to live with him. No! Bernard! You don't just have to live with him. Yeah. And you shouldn't. I I think Isana at some point is like, oh, wow, we really didn't know how bad things were. I think she said we didn't know it was this bad. Like, they knew it was bad, but they didn't know it was this bad. And it's like, that gap, that gap, how big is that gap between mm-hmm. what you knew and how bad it, it it really is because that right. the word this in that statement is doing a lot of work here a lot <laughs> that's true um yeah and he hasn't like this has been going on a while luke there's no way he woke up like 6 months ago and was like i think i'm going to start illegally doing slave things and raping all of the slaves that come through here and turning them into animals okay here's Here's my question, and it's a terrible question. Oh, no. (laughs) Is it illegal? Oh, okay. So I think there's a a question if he is illegally slaving. So there's a question of if he is, like, kidnapping people and turning them into slaves. And I think that's illegal. Like, I I don't think in this realm you can Right, you can't just, like, grab someone and be like, you're a slave now. Yeah, so the thing that he's doing with Odiana and Isani, I think, is definitely illegal because he seems to be just grabbing them up and turning them into slaves. And of course, right? He's gonna, I mean, that's just that's, that's just like <laughs> that's just rape and murder, right? He's also doing steps. the rape and murder thing, which is clearly yeah. Um, I th- okay, so I think if that's what he's doing, it's illegal in the realm, 
and he could get punished for it. But I I don't think in this realm it is illegal to rape slaves. So, like, I don't think anyone could do anything to him if they found out he just had a bunch of slaves and was treating them like this. I, like, they, hopefully they would do something, God. but, like, the we law. Gotta pa- we gotta pass some new laws, you guys. I think we get the First Lord out of here. These citizenship protections that people keep claiming, too much, guys. They, way too much. They let you get away with way too much, guys. Don't, don't love it. Uh, my, ugh, man. It's bad. It's very bad. None of the civilizations here are very good. Can I say too that like the 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 realization that the Warner Warner's daughter wasn't actually raped was incredibly surprising after we learn all this stuff. Like that was the twist I was not expecting to happen. Like as we learn right. more and more about Court, I was like, oh, okay, wow, he definitely did it. Why are we even having a trial? Like they definitely, certainly did this rape right like they have no issues o- with it also am i supposed to feel bad for eric here no i'm not doing it <laughs> eric's like telling me this sob story about how he can't be with this girl that he really likes and it's like bro you're out here complicit in rape and murder dude you're not allowed i also love how he's like no i've got no one else like I've only got my family and sure my dad is terrible and hates me and beats me and is, I agree, a monster. What else am I going to do? Meanwhile, Isani's like, we are like chill. We're so chill with you, dude. We take in slaves all the time and raise them as like our own family. Like, come live with us. What? How did you never think that you could just come live with us, dude? This is not, this is clearly an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to Listen, you got to provide a, like, framework for someone to be to be welcomed back right. into polite society. There has to be a road to redemption. Uh, up to a certain level. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I don't think Cord is coming back. Like, I don't think Cord is ever taking that road. Right. I know. Okay. I said that I, w- I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it was, it was too bit. It was too insane to ignore. It was tough. Right. It was tough to read. And, and it, I'm, the the escalation that it took felt insane because that okay sure they've got this prison and they're gonna rape these two women in this prison but then when he pulls out the box and he's like it's actually worse than that i'm like okay what are we doing here cord like you're just trying to be the worst character of all time cord like this like, is give it up man it's, <laughs> You've already won. Like, it's already... You already did it. You already did the worst thing of all time. And then you're like, I'm also using a brain control thing now. No! <sighs> like, what's he gonna... Like, I'm only imagining we find out later that his his stead hold is powered by, like, puppy blood or something. And it's not necessary, yeah. but he just likes it. That's... Yeah. That's coming up. Yeah, yeah it is. It's ridiculous. Um, okay. I, I, I hinted that I was going to say something like this, but uh, human society seems not great. Marat society, also not great. 
you guys, we don't have to eat people when they're alive. It's bad enough. It's bad enough to eat them when they're dead. It's bad enough. <laughs> yeah, but then you don't get their power, Luke. Okay, here's a... So there is magic in this world. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they actually get no. their power? No. No. Okay. Definitely not. Nope. No. Luke, I think this... When I when I read this about the Marat, I was like, oh, uh-oh. Maybe we don't want to be questioning which team we're on here. Maybe that question that I posed last week of like, are we team Marat or team human isn't a great question. But then as we learn more about human society, I think it is a great question in the opposite direction now of like, hey, you have to be a part of one of these two societies. Oh, which one are we going with here? Right, right. It's a race to the bottom right now. Exactly. Whereas last week I was excited. Last week I was like, ooh, you get a little animal friendship power and you have some cool athletic abilities or you get a fury. Ooh, which one of those? And now it's like, Oh, okay, you're complicit in slavery and rape, or you're a cannibal that eats people while they're alive. Not great options. Neither of them are great. Um, I don't, I don't want to have to choose. <laughs> if I'm being honest, no interest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Do also... Do you think that they're... Okay, so there's, there's these Marat tribes, mm-hmm. and they all take after a certain animal i'm gonna i'm gonna assume and it's probably not true but for my own peace of mind i'm gonna assume that there's like an otter tribe who's just like swimming around doing lovely things they're like holding hands when they sleep so they don't drift apart from each other yeah they're adorable and they're chilling (laughs) do you think okay this is this is like a, a a hogwarts house question uh-huh. but do you think that there's just like evil ones right because like the wolf guys seem bad okay look luke they're it sounds like they're all down with the eating people alive thing like it, it sounds right. like they're all part of that whole deal so i don't know how much i don't know how much we can really distinguish between them when they all are, are signing off on on still living cannibalism that's true. So, I mean, I think the wolves have just, like, maybe accepted it a little bit more. The wolves are leaning in. Yeah, they might be a little bit too excited about it, which I guess, but still, it's, it's all bad. Luke, it's all bad here. I don't, uh, I'm not into it. I'm not into it at all. Something that I was incredibly into, though that I thought was going to happen. And I'm, I'm curious if you thought this was going to happen too. There is a scene where Fidelius and Bernard are talking. And this is right before the storm hits and everybody is all together in the stead hole. And this, this fury storm is about to hit. And there's this tension about like, they all know who it is, but they can't act yet. I was so sure we were going to get like a murder mystery for in this book. Like I was so sure that there was going to be like the next five chapters. We're going to be everybody stuck in the stead hole and like trying to angle for position 
and somebody was going to get found murdered and they were all going to have to like figure out who the murderers were. I was so excited for that. Maybe the lights go out for a minute and then someone's gone. Yeah. And like the Furies are all like trying to figure it out. I was so excited for this to have a, a murder mystery in the middle of it. That's fair. We do. We do love that. Um, I hadn't thought of it at the time, but I, yeah, I just the ten- missed out on that option. The tension that was built there was so perfect for it to turn into a murder mystery of like mm-hmm. the the swordsman and Odiana coming up to him and saying they know, and then him being like, "We gotta kill them all." And I was so sure the next chapters were gonna be like this stealthy murder mystery deal. Didn't happen. Uh, I would be very excited to read a book that is like that though if any of the listeners have a suggestion for a fantasy murder mystery book dan would be interested so please hit me up with that there we go um in this this isn't a note that i had but i i actually just i thought of it and i wanted to bring it up so bernard i think had a wife that died a long time ago Mm mm-hmm and he has not been interested in anyone since. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, Amara comes along and we're about about it. Mm-hmm. Is she just like hot? And he's never seen, and like people out here in general are not hot? Because like, what, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, he, you're saying he hasn't really known her for that long, so there's not like a relational spark there like they don't they seem to be very into each other immediately and he doesn't really know who she is so like she could be a traitor she could be just like an evil she could be cords like mom that taught him everything he knows He, he doesn't know who this person really is right i guess i just don't i don't know what it is about her that starts this that no one else has been able to do for the past however many years. I feel like Bernard should be incredibly suspicious of this. Like, Bernard should be like, are you an Earthcrafter? Because I am feeling horny right now. (laughs) What did you do to me? That's fair. And he's not suspicious at all. He seems about, like you said, he seems about it, about it. And I want him to take a step back and be like, What's going on here? Yeah. I don't know. Especially because he seems so quick to give her, like, his dead wife's shoes. Like, um, you met her, like, literally 20 minutes ago. And I get it if you think she's, like, the hottest woman in the world. But, like, those are your dead wife's shoes. Maybe a little respect would be nice. At least you have to earn the dead wife shoes. You can't just come in and be hot and get the dead wife shoes. Right, right. There's got to be some like important emotional connection. Maybe she helps you work through your trauma about your dead wife. And this is a symbol that like she's a part of the family now. You can't just give her the dead wife shoes because she's cold and hot. That's not that's not a good way to go, Bernard. No, it's not. And I think I think Asana is judging him for it. And I hope she's judging she him for it because she should. Yeah, exactly. She should. The other thing that I think is important to keep in mind with Bernard 
is clearly he's trying to clearly he's presented as like a good man in a harsh world but he still is like making slaves earn their freedom like i get it he's giving slaves an opportunity that they often don't have when they get bought by people but they're still slaves guy like you could just give them their freedom and be like, hey, and now I've given you your freedom. Will you, will you work with me for a little bit? Instead of like taking advantage of the fact that they have to work for you. That's, I get it. He's a good guy in a harsh world, but like, ah, slaves. Also, it's implied that he, he gives them a chance to earn their freedom by paying them. But I don't think it's ever said that that's how they earn their freedom. So he could be doing like a fucking singing competition or something. <laughs> um, I Okay, I do think that it's heavily implied that they have to like buy their freedom. Maybe, maybe it's a talent show, but... Maybe the talent show is how he sets the price, you know? Ooh. He's like, listen, and, Fade. And Fades is just really high. Fade, you don't have a very good voice. Your talent is blowing bubbles. Oh, not that cool. $10,000. Here's here's my question. How are they earning money? I think Bernard is paying them for their labor. I assume that's okay. what he's doing. I agree with you. Okay. That this is like... I think that he's... He's going for the aesthetic of being a good guy, mm -hmm. but he still wants to take advantage of the fact that they're slaves. Right. He's saying right. like... He's not going all the way. Exactly. He could free them and then just hire them and be like, hey, I lost a lot of money when I bought you. It'd be cool if you would like pay me back. You don't have to. Obviously, slavery is fucking awful, but oh, lost a lot of money on you. Uh, right, because now he just like gets a really, a really like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like someone working for very little money and also gets to pretend like he's the good guy. Well, on top of this, he gets somebody, this is like a softer form of master. So, so cord is one type of, of slave. Obviously they're not the same. Cord is like a very harsh master who makes his slaves do what he wants because he uses violence and rape. Terrible. Bernard, on the other hand, is like, hey, I would love for you to go dig up that rock out on the front, and if you work hard enough, maybe one day I'll let you go. And they're like, oh, nice. I just have to work hard, and then I'll, I'll get free. Granted, okay, the difference is, Bernard is actually doing this, it sounds like. Bernard is actually Right, okay, right. We, you don't have to, like, we know Bernard's obviously way better than Cord. Right. But he does this with Tavi, too. This is a strategy he uses where he dangles a carrot in front of somebody like, hey, you're kind of held hostage by me right now, but uh, I'll give you an opportunity to get out of it if you work hard. A little manipulative, if I, if I, if I may say so. Yeah, it's not cool, Bernard. <laughs> I think I I'm expecting us to get some pushback from from listeners about this, but I think you're right. Yeah, answer answer me this. Why not just free him? 
You bought a slave. You want to do the right thing? Let him go. And give because him- like you're gonna you're paying them like a tiny bit. Let's say I'm assuming that that's what's happening. Uh huh. And then they have to buy their freedom, meaning they have to give you that money back. Right. Right. That's. And then I don't know. I we need it. That- these slaves need a union. I think. <laughs> okay. I think that's true. Uh, um, I want to move us on to, uh, I think it's called Garrison. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Okay. Yeah. Are new recruits really this bad, do you think? Because Ooh. they, these guys are awful. And it's put up, not, not that they're like, bad people Mm -hmm. it's described as them just being like green quote-unquote green Mm -hmm. like not veterans and it's like if if it's my first tour in the army i think i'm gonna be a little bit better than these guys you're gonna be intimidated you're gonna have this big burly stead holder come up to you and be like i need to talk to the leader now you're not gonna be like i don't know why don't you make me? Nah. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever you want, whatever you want. Right. Yeah. I think this is true, but I think it's hinted at in this section that these recruits come from, like, wealthy families in the cities. And so they already have, like, an ego. And this military duty they're they're doing is is kind of just, like, to to boost their political career, you know? Mm. So they can say that they're a veteran in their... Yeah, like they're not They're not going to go eyes. actually see active duty anywhere. They're like, hey, we'll give you a cushy position guarding this wall that hasn't seen f- combat in like 15 years and we don't expect any combat. Enjoy. Have fun with that. It's going to be fun. It's a little cold, uh, but you'll be fine. You'll love it. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think that this is another this is another fantasy wide element mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm calling out here, where it's like the the new recruits that are a little bit full of themselves are just like awful. I'm, we get a lot of it, and I don't know. I want to see a little bit more. I want to see a little bit more work put in. To convince me that these guys are so bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see what their home life is like. Right. Give me more backstory. Give us backstory. Why are they all bullies? Why are they all bullies? <laughs> and like the worst, most incompetent bullies too. They're like speed bumps for our protagonists usually. Where they just, they have to get punched in the face before the story can move on. Why? I think it's just I think it's just a satisfying thing for authors and readers where they're like here's here's the obligatory uh like rich sniveling like coward bully kid getting punched in the face let's put in one of those here <laughs> so that everyone can get a good a good laugh at that. Yeah, everyone's going to love this one. I think you're right. I think you're right. And it is so satisfying, I have to say. It's always satisfying. I'm not I'm not criticizing authors for doing this. I love it. <laughs> Keep it up. 
that's fair. That's fair. I do. I do quickly get get sucked in. Luke, the other thing. Now that we're talking about general tropes, the bad guys love to taunt their victims. I feel like it's just the easiest way to find a bad guy in one of these stories is who spends too much time taunting people. Cord and all his family are just like Mm -hmm. taunting people over and over. And look what happened. Look what happened to to Bitten or Batan or whatever his name is. He's, He's over here taunting Tavi and gets his ass handed to him because he's too busy coming up with a good insult. I love it. I love that they're too busy taunting people. I think it gives us a lot of opportunities to really get them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they'd be way more effective if they just like did the shit. That's that's true. I think that okay, here's I want to I want to split hairs a little bit. Here. Mm, okay. Because I think that the good guys and the bad guys both do some taunting. Mm. Not, I'm not necessarily thinking of this book, but, but in, in general, general yeah. Okay. Like I always want at the like apex of the good guys doing something. I always want the bad guys to like to like feel it a little bit. You know what I mean? I want there to be some kind of I don't know if taunt is the right word, mm-hmm. but something there that makes the bad guys know that they've lost, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the difference. They both do it, but the good guys, like, do it correctly. Yes. The good guys always, always get it, like, wait until it's for sure. And the bad guys always do it a little bit early <laughs> and open up a window. You're right. When a bad guy does it, it's opening up a window for a good guy to jump in and stab him. When a good guy does it, it's slamming a door in their face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, this is true. This is true. And I'm here. I'm here for a good taunt. <laughs> the the other thing about bad guys, or at least sniveling bad guys, always watery eyes. <laughs> They've always got watery eyes, and that's just like a sign. If you meet somebody with watery eyes, they're gonna be you're gonna have a hard time with them. That's tough. That's tough. You know what's a Weak chins get a bad rap. <laughs> Weak chins, watery eyes, says a lot about a person, apparently. Like, that's hurtful. There are people out here with weak chins and watery eyes that are lovely. But every book. And there are people with strong jaws that are atrocious. <laughs> that are the worst. That are the worst. And that have the driest eyes imaginable. <laughs> You're right, Luke. You're right. I think it's ridiculous. Okay, speaking of dry eyes, is there an incredible opportunity to transform the wax forest into, hear me out, a day spa? Hmm. Um, Give me me your pitch. Okay, here it is. The Marats start a new new tourism campaign. And they're like, hey... We've got this fantastic travel destination. It's in a w- one-of-a-kind glowing forest with all natural essences that you can be submerged in 
You can form, you can do a detox in a cocoon that you will be attended by eight-legged massage relaxation specialists. We've got... (laughs) Okay, okay. Let me stop, let me pause Mm -hmm. because I do think, Mm -hmm. I think that you have to like... You have to do the work to make this safe, right? Because you put out an ad Mm -hmm. and the first person comes and dies and your tourism campaign dies with it. Well, it's so great you never want to leave. All right, but sure, but sure, 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 sure. Maybe it doesn't look great. The crow that we see whose skin sloughs off, uh, it was just so moisturized (laughs) that it's just like... (laughs) That's actually level 11 relaxation. They've reached the level 11 in the relaxation scale. And they're so relaxed that their body is just like falling apart. But they're loving it. They're loving it. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's also like, okay, I just want to like get in on the last few details here before we we drill in. Uh, It's like a sauna down there. It's in the midst of this like cold landscape. It's like in Iceland where you can go to like a hot spring, you know, you can go down into this humid, tropical, cool, bioluminescent forest with these, with these little guys and, you know, just clean, just feel refreshed when you come out into the cold after being in this like humid, relaxing zone there's cool wildlife here and okay but but you're right i think we do need to make it a little bit safer and i think the easy way to do it is just get the keepers on board we need to make this a mutually beneficial thing just be like hey i get that your whole deal is uh capturing people in your fungus and breaking them down for nutrients what if you still did that, but instead of breaking them down all the way, you just like scoured the outside of them, you know, you just like gave them a, okay, like those fish, you know how there are those fish. That's that, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. There's those fish that you like put your feet in the, in the tub and the fish eat the little dead skin off of you. You just make a deal with these spiders to do that and they'll have way more people coming by. Okay. Okay. I'm on board now. Mm-hmm. I'm here with you. You gotta get you gotta get some diplomacy with these spiders. The keepers, yep. And then I mean this looks... they want they want company, you know? why, why do you think the Marat keep going in there? <laughs> there's some incredible there's an incredible face mask at the very middle of this forest that they're all trying to get access to. I think it just makes sense. I, yeah. You know, I do too. I definitely do. I I will say on a more on a more realistic note. Mm, okay, uh, that's hurtful, but go ahead. <laughs> I I feel like okay. So this area mm-hmm. has real value, right? Like going in mm-hmm. and finding this mushroom is very valuable. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they're limiting themselves to one at a time. Why they're only bringing me back a, one at a time? No, no, why they're only like only one person can go at a time. Like why are we not going in teams? 
because like these spiders are just jumping at me. If I've got a couple friends, like, and they everyone has some brass knuckles, I'm knocking these guys out of the air when they're coming at me. No problem. Okay. Hmm. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong, but we might not have all the information yet. Maybe, okay, maybe they like get bigger as you get closer to the center. Yeah, or maybe there's like another thing that's even scarier closer mm-hmm. to the middle that we don't know about yet. I think there could be, there's potential that that is the case. Otherwise, maybe it's like, maybe it's like Dark Souls where. If you call in for help, the boss is a little bit, is like that much harder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like every extra person that you add, the faster the spiders get. I don't, okay, hold on. Ah, oh, Luke. Okay, I get this is kind of like a religious thing for them. And so what I'm about to say might be kind of heretical. But they're eating people alive and seem to have no problems with that, how come they aren't just taking a person down with them for bait and having them run off mm. into the woods and then letting the spiders deal with that and going to get the treasure in the middle while they're eating the the dude that they brought with him, the bait? Right, like throw, throw a dude down on one side. He breaks the crap out of the whatever it's called. All the spiders run over there, and then you just sneak in on the other side, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. It mm-hmm. seems like this thing in the middle is so valuable that this fake, like, we absorb their power by eating them alive thing is not nearly worth it. And so the first chief who's like, hey, maybe we should do something better with these people. And by better, I mean still terrible, but, <laughs> you know, they're like levels of gray. Mm-hmm. No, I'm 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 here. I'm here for you. I yeah. Point is, Marat have some have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I man, I'm hoping they start looking inward. I'm hoping they stop looking looking at conquering places and start looking inward and seeing how they can. Right. How can we improve? They yeah. How can they improve rather than how can they conquer? And how can... how can we improve ourselves without eating people? It's a good step. It's a good step. Yeah. Everyone's got everyone's to make that choice at some point. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it also makes it kind of uncomfortable that there's this, little, there's this little romance kind of brewing between Tavi mm. and the Marat because apparently they're fine with eating Tavi alive. And like, if I'm Tavi... I'm having a hard time of hearing that and being like, ooh, it is a girl one, though. (laughs) And she might join the horse clan, and the horse clan is much hotter than the other clans. I don't know why, but the horse clans are very hot compared to the other clans. So (laughs) elegant. Yeah, yeah. She still, ooh, she still might cannibalize me while i'm alive and doesn't have any problems with that but it's just some fun cultural differences dan but i haven't talked to a girl ever and i am 15 so maybe maybe she's the one could be could be well luke 
next week, we're going to be wrapping up Theories of Calderon. I have a feeling like we're going to learn something about Tavi near the end of this section. As I mentioned, I think it's much more exciting what we're going to learn about Fade coming up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, maybe Tavi has something interesting going on as well that we're going to that we're going to learn about. I think regardless of what happens with Tavi and Fade and, and all of our our good friends and not friends in this book, uh, Luke and I are going to be back next week with Hot Takes. Continuing to act like dumb nerds. Yeah.